Thank you, everyone. Welcome, and thank you for being with us here tonight, September 26, 2016. And this is a candidate forum for Oakland City Council District 5. I'm Moni Flores-Bauer. I'm with the League of Women Voters of Oakland. The League of Women Voters is a trusted membership organization that encourages informed and active participation in government. We do not endorse or oppose candidates or political parties. The League participates in issue advocacy and voter education. The advocacy arm of the League may take positions on issues such as ballot measures. This forum is presented by our education arm of the League, which does not take positions or advocate for positions. I'd like to remind everyone that the candidates here with us today for City Council District 5, along with the Diamond Improvement Association and the Glenview Neighborhood Association have all agreed to participate under the guidelines set for this forum. The guidelines are also posted here in the room. As a matter of courtesy, please turn off your electronic devices. Please be aware that campaign literature such as buttons, stickers, t-shirts are not permitted inside the forum tonight in order to maintain neutrality. We are videotaping this forum and the session will be available on YouTube, on the League's YouTube channel for broader community access leading up to election day. And you can find the links to that website at lwvoakland.org or through votersedge.org forward slash CA. So we are having our second candidate forum this evening and there are two candidates running for this position, Oakland City Council District 5. They are Noel Gallo and Viola Gonzalez. Let's go over the ground rules real quickly. Each candidate has one and a half minutes for opening remarks. The order was determined by drawing lots, and Mr. Gallo will go first. The timekeepers here in the front row will signal to the candidates with signs marking 30 seconds left and stop. As audience members arrive tonight, our volunteers provided cards for submitting written questions. Those questions are being screened to avoid duplication and personal attacks. The order of answering those questions will be alternated and each candidate will have a one minute to respond to each question. Again, timekeepers will be signaling our candidates. There will be no separate rebuttals. However, candidates may choose to use some or part of their or all of their one minute to rebut a response given by another candidate. Following the questions, each candidate will have one and a half minutes each for a closing statement. So now we'll begin with the forum for candidates vying for Oakland City Council District 5, and the first candidate to provide an opening statement is Mr. Gallo. Thank you, good evening to all of you. My name is Noel Gallo, and I'm running for re-election to the City Council representing you in District 5. I grew up in the city of Oakland. I attended the Oakland schools. I graduated from UC Berkeley School of Administration. I've been married for over 35 years. I have uh, raised in this area. I have raised uh, three daughters that graduated from Oakland High School and a son that graduated from Fremont High School and they're all graduates of UC Berkeley and Stanford University. So I get a chance to see how the young people are traveling nowadays when it comes to housing, transportation, and trying to make a living, trying to get a job, and so forth. So for me, the priorities are very clear when it comes to the city of Oakland, when it comes to District 5, and the priority is really still public safety. Public safety, better schools, economic development, and certainly in our area is housing as a priority. 
But I must say, I must say to you that, that District 5 includes Glenview, includes Fruitvale, Embarcadero, High Street, 35th Avenue, Coolidge, and so forth. So we have a district that really represents diversity, economic growth, and progress, and I'm honored to have had your support in the previous years. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Gonzalez. I am moved to run for public office for the first time in my life because I believe we could do much more to grow our local economy, create jobs, and to improve the quality of our life. We can't just hope that new growth in the region will lift everyone, and we can't just be cleaning up on weekends and hope that this alone will change our environment. We need to be proactively redeveloping our contaminated properties. We can't afford to waste public time by supporting local legislation that won't really help anybody but our friends. We need to set policy that has some consistency. We can't say we support minimum wage one day and the next day we want to waive Walgreens from having to pay their fair share. I want to make the economic pie bigger, creating jobs in all areas of our city to benefit all our residents. Instill a culture of excellence in the delivery of all our city services to benefit all our residents. Our city workers should know to what standards they are held accountable, whether it be police departments, take pride in doing so and be respected for providing them. I don't want to be the lone voice. I want to work collaboratively with our mayor, city council members, other jurisdictions, our employees and their union leadership to address needs in our community. I am your neighbor. I've lived in Glenview for nearly 35 years. Harvard MBA, 15 years, the last 15 years running nonprofits, managing people and money, worked in a corporation, owned my own business. I've been Chief Operating Officer of the Unity Council, self-employed, run a retail, Vice President of the School Board on the Planning Commission, worked for LAU on Business and Economic Development, President of Fruitvale Community Development District Council, Vice President of the Glenview Neighborhood Association. Oakland deserves more, and if the community should honor me with their votes, I would feel privileged to help set a new tone in our civic leadership. Thank you very much. The first question, Mr. Geyer. Yes. Oakland faces a $2 billion unfunded pension liability. What action will you take to deal with this? You know, it's very clear that for the last several years, we have had a balanced budget. We've been able not only to stay balanced, to be able to continue to provide public safety services, public works, and so forth. So we've got to keep a balanced budget. When it comes to retiring a long-term debt, I think on an annual basis, we're making an investment to do that. I cannot do that automatically you know, to meet the complete debt. Now, if I did that, then I wouldn't be able to provide all the necessary services that you as citizens are demanding. So I think it has to be a gradual investment, and I think that we've been able to do that. Certainly, we've demonstrated that, the accountability, but at the same time, I need to continue to grow my children and families and continue to provide the services necessary and continue to invest to meet the long-term debt. And I, and I can tell you that's something that we have been doing and that's why we have a balanced budget today. Thank you. We must by law have a balanced budget. We knew when we got into these pension obligation bonds that we were basically kicking the can down the street. Uh, as long as we can hope for growth and economic development, we have the opportunity to meet that. But we're really talking about retire people who have already retired from our force and not really looking at the future. I think we are going to very much have much more conversation in our community about what it all means in terms of what we can afford in the long haul. We need services now, but certainly we need services in the future. 
And I think deferring a decision to our children is not the answer. Thank you. Ms. Gonzalez, what strategies would you support to address the affordable housing crisis in Oakland? I believe we need to support housing development for all income levels, all market segments, whether there is homeless, it's low income, affordable market rate, because if we don't, then the market itself will distort itself and we will be unintended consequences of our decisions. So we need to be looking for development that serves all of our residents. You know, it's not about what you say, but what you do. Certainly we can be idealistic and, and hope and dream what we'd like to have. The other one is having taken action and being at the grassroots level. So I can honestly say I do support affordable housing. Because certainly in different, in different neighborhoods, there's a great need to deal with that. But you know what? The other one is we do need moderate income housing. We need to take care of our young people that have graduated with their degrees that cannot afford what we used to in our generation to buy a home. So the way my children travel and their friends travel, and they're in the mid-late 20s, they need to live in townhouses. They need to have affordable settings that we all can be able to share our wealth and share our city with and not just focus on the market rate. The market rate people will take care of themselves. So I am here elected to represent the community, to represent all neighborhoods. And therefore, the reality of what Oakland is facing today, there's a great challenge to take care of those that have great needs and those that have moderate needs, and certainly I want to make sure that we meet those requests as well. Thank you very much. Mr. Guy, yes. which of the local Oakland ballot measures do you think is the most critical one? And why do you choose that one? There's, there's more than Excuse just me. one. I support it. Excuse me, just a, may one. I, may I uh, list them? I'm going to list them for our oh. audience. Which of these ballot measures, there are four, <clears throat> tax on distribution of sugar, sweetened beverages, just cause ordinance amendment, infrastructure bond, affordable housing, and the Citizen Police Commission? They're all important. I am not going to give you one because they're all extremely important. When it comes to the Independent Citizens Police Commission, I offered that three years ago until we finally got it passed. That issue is about accountability. Is it about accountability? We as taxpayers are paying people's salary to respect our children, to honor our children, and to provide a quality service. Secondly, when it comes to the soda, there shouldn't even be a debate. Soda, it impacts our health and certain Individuals, including the Latino community and African American community, are buying the sodas, and that's what we're paying that heavy price of diabetes. And also, when it comes to the infrastructure bond, I support that because I got to fix my potholes, repay my streets, and there is no reason or excuse why we need to continue to travel down the road in those ways, including some of the streets like Chapman and some of the other streets that are in our neighborhood. So I support the initiatives that are before us. I don't want to choose, but I'm afraid if you're in a place of governance, you must. If I had to choose, I would say infrastructure, because in it, it also includes funding for housing. And it's not the end solution, but we have to do something. We do not, we are a city that is under-serviced, and we are, uh, do not have enough investment in our infrastructure. That can drive jobs, and that can drive our economy, and then we can also then afford for the services that we need, including supporting 
either rights for our, our tenants or our homeowners and sugar tax or anything else that we want to undertake. But without more income, more revenues in our city, we can't do any of that. The next question. The medical marijuana industry has been a large presence in Oakland. And given the potential for changes in state laws on marijuana, how can the city council act to best plan for, manage, and benefit from this industry? Mr. Geiger. It's a great question. Tomorrow, tomorrow evening at the Public Safety Committee, we're having a major debate on the ordinances that we're proposing. The reality is this. The reality, when you talk of marijuana, you talk, you're talking about three industries. We're talking about the medical, the cannabis dispensaries. You're talking about the cultivation, those that are growing it. And you talk about the manufacturing, those that are baking cookies and making chocolates out of it to manufacture. So those are three areas that are being in question right now. What is, what's before us on November 8th deals with the taxation of the 10%, where we're going to now make it a recreational activity. So that means anyone and all of us can smoke it, but we need to... If we cultivate it, we manufacture it, or we use it as a medical, we need to be able to pay the 10% of, of taxation that goes back to paying pay for our, our uh, community services. So those are already in action, those are already in place, but the only one that I do, I'm asking for inclusion. I'm asking for inclusion that when we do this taxation, that a lot of those revenues go to East Oakland, where a lot of us are walking around half stone using the marijuana, but yet we're the customers and we need to take care of those neighborhoods at the same time. Thank you. Thank you. I think cannabis is like any other business. It requires some level of support in our government. We've done a poor job in general supporting business development. Uh, the legislation that's coming up on Tuesday is kind of a side tour. In early January, there was an attempt by the city administrator to initiate, excuse me, January, to, and it was passed in May, to try to bring on our laws in line with state laws. And there's a detour in that a position that's up before the committee has to do with the city having an investment place. I think that's something wrong about us trying to regulate something that we're also going to be an active participant in. I do believe we are for inclusion, and we should figure out ways in which people have not benefited from the cannabis industry should benefit. But that means that they would need really business training and entrepreneurship, technical assistance, and coaching in this business. And that's not what's being proposed. In your next answer, yes. Ms. Gonzalez's question for you, beginning with you. Uh, it's kind of a two-parter. There's an individual here in the audience sharing their story about how in the last year, this person has been physically assaulted while riding a bike, their house has been broken into, their neighbors have been shot at, and there seems to be a total disregard for the law. What would you say is, making, is responsible for that lack of safety in the neighborhood and connected with that? What could make Oakland police officers more responsive to the community? We need to have more communication with them. I am gratified to have the endorsement of the Oakland Police Officers Association because they believe that they can communicate with me and that they're, I'm not going to agree with them 100% of the time, but that we can do workable solutions. When I talk to the merchants in different places in our district, they talk about fear, not just about their workers, but also their suppliers, and people don't want to shop there. They want back 
our police in our communities, walking the streets, being part of our community, and that's what we should be striving for. And I think that requires considerable more dialogue. We have a lot ahead of us, securing a new chief of police, our communities to be involved in selection of that, um, and we need to do all in our power to get to the remedies of the outstanding items on the negotiated settlement agreement, consent decree, that 13 years later it still binds us. We need to look for more solutions, and we need to look much more proactively with the communities that are involved, as well as enforcement. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Again, the whole issue about public safety is about accountability. So therefore, if we pay for a service, the police need to respond. And certainly when it comes to accountability, you know, we need to be very straightforward in terms of the challenges that you may face in Glenview are tripled by the challenges below 580, and that's where I am. And so the reaction is when I call for a response, then I expect the officer, but I will tell you this, since I've been on the city council for three and a half years, we have elevated the hiring of police officers. When I got there, it was 605. Today, I can say we have 774, and we have budgeted for 800 officers. One of the challenges that we have is that a good number retire. We lose 74 officers every year. So there's a graduation of retirement, people leaving on disability, and so we're constantly having to pay $3 million for an academy, academy to bring more officers to, to the city of Oakland. So we're still trying to elevate the numbers to hire more office, but at the same time, we need to be demand accountability and demand a, an immediate response, and that's something that we, I have been working for, for a number of years, and I think we're gonna get there real soon. Thank you. Mr. Gallo, currently there's a budget deficit in the city support and budgeting for public libraries. How would you resolve this problem? Cut libraries and staff, or increase the city's general fund support? or issue a new library bond issue? You know, as a matter of fact, when I was on the Oakland Board of Education, we teamed up with the Oakland Public Library and we did a, a, an effort together to raise money. And certainly there's a channel, which is at the Melrose dedication, talking about the historical growth of Melrose. So for me, it's, it's very clear and it's written into our infrastructure. Not only are we going to repay the roads, but we want to help our parks, we want to help our libraries, and we want to help other services in the city of Oakland. So it's very clear that there is, that there is a shortage of funding because at the end of the day, our libraries are transforming into an educational center that has moved away from the past and just checking out books. When you look at the, the Latin American library, you walk in, there's technology written all over it. But it's not only a children's library, it's a family and adult center library that takes you to the job market, that takes you to the university, and certainly will help you do your homework at the same time. So we need to continue to grow the libraries. We can't debt finance our way out of everything, but our libraries really consider, should be given our priority. I think we should be looking at more creative options of engaging different parts of our community around supporting our libraries, it, working with philanthropic uh, institutions that are in our area to see the connection between education and economic development and our training. We need to build bridges, and I, if given the opportunity, I would like to do that. Public libraries, there's nothing more important than that, central to democracy and civic engagement. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Gonzalez, this question is about uh, homeless. There are, there's been a discussion 
of city-sanctioned campsites for people who are homeless with facilities and services available. Can you tell us your position on this? And if you support the idea of campsites, where would you locate them? I think it's very hard to accept the idea of campsites because it suggests that we accept failure. I think people need their homes. I think we need to be doing everything in our part. Best practices now say that if we try very hard to work in wraparound services, mental health, drug counseling, that we, and the, the faster that we can get people off the streets to be in homes, the less likely they're gonna come back to the streets. We have all kinds of ideas now, I mean, options now that are not good. Living on people's couches is not a good option. So we need to look for much more things and that can work. And I would say working also more aggressively with our county. Our homeless are human beings, and we need to treat them like human beings. Now, they ran out of luck in some ways and made some bad choices along the line. I, I feed the homeless every Tuesday, and I also take care of them on Sundays. They help clean their, their locations or their camps. I just don't, you know, I get criticized a lot because we work Monday through Sunday. I was here on Saturday planting daffodils on Park Boulevard. Because that's what I believe in doing, to work with the volunteers, the neighbors, to engage the community. So when it comes to the homeless, there are, there are opportunities, and there is a way to deal with them. We're working with Caltrans in certain locations, and we can create the tiny houses to be able to house our homeless and treat them with respect. Now, there's some others that mentally they're at a different place that we need to treat medically in a different setting. But there's some individuals, and what bothers me the most, when I see grandmothers living in their cars, because either their family didn't take care of them, or they were outside out of their homes, that's a really sad, because when I was growing up, my, my grandmother was the saint of the family, and we knelt to her, and we treated her with respect. But that, that character and that value has been lost, because I see too many grandmothers, so I'll do whatever I can to make sure that they have a place to live. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Gallo, there are a number of ballot measures that together will increase property taxes significantly. Do you agree that homeowners are being asked to shoulder more than their fair share of revenue generation? And if so, how would you rebalance and expand the sources of revenue for the city? But you know, you're absolutely right. There are many initiatives from the state, the county, BART, East Bay Mother, so forth, down the line, the school district, and also the city of Oakland is requesting. The ballots that you have in front, of, in front of you from the city, the infrastructure bond, certainly I believe in doing that, because either we can complain about it, make excuses about it, but our roads need to be repaid. And the reality is I don't have the, the, the funding capacity at this point to be able to address all the needs throughout the city of Oakland, so we gotta get to that. Secondly, when it comes to when it comes to serving our children in our schools, I think we need to continue to grow our education so they can be competitive around the world when it comes to their education. And, uh, and there's some other initiatives, and I see your sign going up and down, but there's other initiatives that I've had. And certainly when it comes to property taxes, I know those very well. And I take a close look at mine, and they have risen. But at the same time, I also recognize where I sit, that we need to continue to support uh, to have the services necessary in the city of Oakland. Thank you. Thank you. 
There's no simple way to rebalance our sources of revenue because we have underinvested for so long and we feel very stripped down as a community. Many people feel compelled now to support the measures, particularly the infrastructure bond, because it also includes some leveraging for housing development. However, the only real opportunity we have is to grow our economy. We can't have a budget that 65% of it goes to fire and police. We need to grow our budget so that proportionally makes sense. And to do that, it means that we need to have a much more intentional strategy around working with our local business. It means that we need to be prepared to really work with different sized businesses and by industry. We are a community. A District 5 is a community of small businesses. We work in our homes, services, and we have shop, shop, small shops. We're not big outfits. There's a smattering of those, but those are in the small percentage. And I believe that instead of waiting for some miracle to happen and a new entity to come, that we should grow our own. Thank you very much. Ms. Gonzalez, do you support the idea that developers of city projects be required to hire Oakland residents? And if so, what percentage would you like to see and how would it be implemented? I think it would be very, I think that we should be welcoming of businesses that want to hire our, our local, our, our, the people that live here, and that we should be trying to work with them to provide training, working with them as employers to really customize training so that they are happy with who is going to come to them. I think it would be very hard to manage issues and quotas. I think we can have goals and targets. But I think that you would be hard-pressed to do that. The only way we can do it, I think, is by working with them as employers, looking at proactive ways in which all the training benefits our residents and they can be first in line for these jobs. Thank you. Oh, Local Thank you. you know, it's, uh, let me first say that within the last two, three years, we have brought in, in the District 5, over 35 new businesses. And the only way you attract new businesses and you attract large businesses, you have to have a clean, safe environment. You have to make it just like for you to buy a home. You're going to invest in a home that, that where there's a clean, safe neighborhood. And those are realities, and that's what we're trying to promote, and that's what we've been working Monday through Sunday to attract them. So now I have the Nikes, the Googles, and major investors coming into the Fruitvale area, into District 5. Because they see the growth, they see opportunity, and most of all, they see the value in the people who want to take ownership of where they live. So I think that the generation, the generation of businesses here, on High Street or International, you've got CVS stores coming. You've got Starbucks down at that old church's chicken on High Street that's coming. So you see the growth already here. So for them to attract more business, you've got to have a clean, safe environment. And that's what we have been trying to champion uh, for the last two and a half, three years, Monday to Sunday. And so we're trying to grow that. And, uh, and I, I invite you to either one of those days to join us. Thank you. Mr. Gallo, how will you ensure the East Oakland residents are involved in negotiations for any possible Coliseum City development? How will you include community benefits in that development? Let, let me make it very clear. The Coliseum is public land. Public land means it belongs to you, belongs to me, and it belongs to the future children of this city. So when it comes to public land, I will not sell it to you. I can lease it to you. Right now I can lease it to you for 60 years, 
But, it, but in your November 8th ballot, we're asking you to allow it to go for 90 years because that allows the big companies with the financing plans. So we're, when it comes to public land, especially the Coliseum, and that's been the argument, I do not want to sell it to the developer. Because when I, because what the city does, their land is worth 10 million, but I'll sell it to you for three and a half to do something political correct. And I'm not willing to do that. That's what the Raiders, they want me to give them the land, but it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to all of you. And so when it comes to the Coliseum, when it comes to the Coliseum, this land needs to belong to the city. We are looking at housing. We are looking at, at maintaining the Oakland A's and maintaining the Oakland Raiders, but on a least term basis when it comes to the land. But the other development, certainly there are investors that are willing to invest their financial dollars to accomplish. Thank you. I think any development needs to benefit the, the people in our community and certainly those that are reside right next door to a development. The issues are complicated, uh, whether you argue that you are for or against having promoting um, teams and to what extent the value of economic value that is. I think I, I have yet to see any research that suggests that we're better off by retaining sometimes some of our teams. But people love our teams. And I think that one of the big things you always want to think about job creation. Is it worth for us to own a property that just sits fallow and doesn't do anything, doesn't create a job? I think we need to always look at opportunities in which we create jobs and improve everything about Oakland. How we live, our breathe, water, air, everything. And to do that, sometimes we must give up some things and trade-offs. That's the whole point of being in governance. Ms. Gonzalez, <coughs> the high cost of waste management is a big concern for all of Oaklanders. What would you do to review and improve that contract? Right now, we have pretty much a contract in place. I don't know how much room that we actually have to renegotiate that. I believe there's also a lawsuit, a grand jury. There's a lot of complications in the path of getting to any solution. People were very, I think all of our residents were very disturbed, and certainly our business community, about how that all came about. A decision dragged on for many, uh, new council members came in and left, and we were still couldn't come to negotiation. I think all parties will require to come back to the table if we're going to reopen that conversation. Until now, what we have in place is what there is. Thank you. Yes. Yes, I voted against the contract from the very beginning. I made it very clear that the, the, what, what the city of Oakland staff hired two different consultants, consultants, and they both told us the same thing. They made a recommendation, but the city council is the one is the one that went against that recommendation. And to this very day, with CWS, the recycling, the great trucks you see around, we still haven't finalized their contract. And for me, first of all, it was a request to the public that I think was out of control, and it was not something that I could support, and I still don't support what was asked by the council to make that decision. And so I, I do agree because I am paying that waste management bill. I have three different trucks going up and down my street when I used to only have one, picking up my trash and my recycling. But yet, the city council felt that they needed to do their political uh, maneuvering with all the different bodies 
Because if I'd even stayed with the original request, we'd have been in a bigger mess than we are or challenged than we are today. So I voted against it and I went on record and I still completely state that we need to change it and I'm still against what we recommended. Thank you, Mr. Gallo. Oakland Unified School District oversees schools, but the city oversees our children getting to school safely. What can the city do to help our children get to school safely? Well, you know what? I, I've been a big supporter of schools. That's why I have the endorsement of the the, the seat of the the parent, the PTA president of Glenview, and the brewer and the, and the principals, because I know you very well. I helped set aside the $60 million to rebuild Glenview. I set aside the million and a half to redo Edna Brewer's uh, turf field. I set aside the $100 million to rebuild Fremont High School. I did that as a direction. I have invested over $200,000 to have additional crossing guards for our school. I'm a crossing guard here when, I, when I'm called by your principal and they need assistance. You can see what's happening next to Edna Brewer. That was under our leadership to make sure that we have the drop-up zones, the pick-up zones, the cross guard, and the police assistance to make sure that the students from Glenview are able to be transported to Santa Fe up and back and rebuild Glenview School at the same time. So I am a big supporter when it comes to public safety to protect our children and some of the other neighborhood schools. I train parents to be crossing guards to take responsibility for their children. Thank you. The city of Oakland, whether you know it or not, has had long-term goals to work with between city and the school board for a long time, and that has included what can we do to uh, around pedestrian safety. So that is not something that is a new issue. It's ongoing. It could it requires parents to be vigilant on issues because we're consumers of services. Many of the things that. When, by the time you get to a facility, an investment, you're talking about an incredible amount of years that go by to get something to happen. So on um, pedestrian safety, I believe that that's an ongoing issue. There's a tremendous amount of support, I think, from all walks of life, whether you have children in, in the schools currently or not. I think that's just unanimous consent and support. Thank you. Ms. Gonzalez, what is the appropriate number of sworn police officers for the uh, city of Oakland or city of the size of Oakland? And what areas of the city's budget would you cut to achieve that staffing level? I would not be interested in cutting any services, and yet we find ourselves in the quandrum, isn't it? Because it's very difficult. What would you give up when you feel that you are underserved? Certainly some of the infrastructure bond, et cetera, as you shift monies around, some can be going out to making improvements, freezing up other monies, you do a little reshifting. But we already have a tremendous amount of investment. We have very well paid staff in our police force. I don't begrudge them that, but the fact is they feel themselves very under, not as effective as they would like. And we need to be working with them and their leadership very much about looking for ways in which how do we best use people that are trained and we spend time and money and energy doing that and people and functions and tasks in the police department that do not require that kind of rigor and could be supported by other positions as well. I think they welcome those ideas because they would like to be an effective police force and for you to be proud of them. Thank you. Let me make it very clear. When I'm elected, I'm elected to represent the citizens, not to represent the police. 
And so I always stood really behind that fact. And so for me, I have been a strong supporter of supporting the elevation of police officers. We went from six to five, and currently today, we have 774, and I'm budgeted for 800 officers. I would like to take it to 825 officers for the coming years. The responsibility that we have when it comes to safety throughout the city of Oakland is really a priority within all of us, not just to protect our children, but to protect those that are trying to make a living and those that are in different places here in the city of Oakland. So I completely support that effort. Now in terms of what will I do that's different, we have the budget capacity at this, at this point. We have the tax generation, but it's how the mayor and how we as a city council choose to invest. I can talk a lot about it and choose to do something different, or I can honor what the voters have asked them as they said it's a priority, and that is public safety, and I have stood alongside of you to stay with that, including accountability from our police department. Thank you. Mr. Gallo, on which city council committees would you request to serve on, and why? And are there any decisions that you would find that you would have to recuse yourself from? I, I have, I'm currently serving on the public safety. I serve on the Public Works Committee. I served on the Life Enrichment Committee. I served on the AC Transit Advisory Committee. I served on uh, the Education Partnership between the City and the Schools Committee that I'm the chairperson of to make sure that, that we grow a school system and a city together when it comes to investment to serve our children. So those are the ones that I am currently on and I'm honored to be there and I would like to continue the coming year to continue to invest my my energy and my time on those committees because I believe that's where I make the most immediate impact when it comes to my neighborhoods. Thank you. If given the opportunity, I would like to bring my skill set, my MBA, my business experience, my leadership with organizations around economic development because I think that's my strength. I believe that I know how to work collaboratively to create more and do more. And if given the opportunity, that is where I would like to put energy to. But in whatever capacity, I believe that my efforts are to advocate on behalf of the residents that live here in terms of quality of life. And regardless of what committee you're assigned to, I think that's your biggest responsibility. Thank you. Ms. Gonzalez, what would you do to improve the condition and maintenance of our city's parks? Well, I think the first thing that I want to do, uh, November 8th, is certainly vote for the infrastructure bond. It includes some, it does not 100%, but it addresses some of our most drastic needs, I think, across the board in terms of public services. But other than that, I think we need to go back and work with our employees and our union leadership about what are the most effective ways in which we can serve our residents. I think they are open to that if we give them the opportunity to be creative, and I don't know that we've invested enough time in doing that. Thank you. When it comes to parks and recreation, I know that very well, because when Jerry Brown was here, I worked on the Jerry Brown to manage the park system. And that's where I first met Betty Gray and, and Hayward and all the rest of you that helped me lay the irrigation lines on Park Boulevard and also the landscape park I still remember those days working with Martin Manoresi and the rest of you as he's sitting here to Landscape Park Boulevard to make it an attractive, beautiful setting. If you were living here, you would recognize and you know we were there. 
So for me, it's very clear. When it comes to recreation centers, recreation centers must remain open, must become the attraction for our children and families to utilize daily. So that's where my investment has been when I'm serving on the city council to make sure that Diamond Park is open daily to make sure that your youngsters learn how to swim, but at the same time can be educated and mentored in those recreation centers. Because there are recreation centers that have shut down, don't have a rec director, and I, we gotta keep this all open because usually where you shut them down is where you need them the most, and that's some neighborhoods that are being challenged. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Gallo, what is your view of Oakland's work to maintain our sports teams? And can you give a more thoughtful response other than no public money? Look, let me make it very clear. The Oakland A's are staying. The Oaklanders do, do not want to be at the same setting that the Raiders want. They don't want to share the parking revenue, the concession revenue, and the media revenue. They made it very clear they're staying, but I do not want to be where the Raiders are. The Raiders, on the other hand, are, you know, are courting every city in the country. And who would make them the best deal financially to move out of Oakland? Right now, we're in direct communication with the Raiders through the Ronnie Lightman. So they're talking, they're talking, and the idea is, the idea is, is how is the investment going to come to build them a stadium? Now the Warriors already have stated that they're on the way to San Francisco, but what has happened with the Warriors, they have a long-term debt to the city of Oakland, and they're legally challenging us because they don't want to pay that long-term debt, and they're threatening us, well, if I can't get away with the long-term debt, I'll go play basketball in San Jose. And that's the current discussion that's being held right now, legally, financially. But I believe I'm not going to give away the city's dollar and give away our land, but we need to do a business transaction to be able to, if we can keep the teams here, we'll do that, but I'm not going to give the store away. Thank you. I, I would agree that I do not think that the, there's a public appetite right now for being subsidizing any team, no matter who they are. But if you have to choose it, who would you keep, I think you would think about the A's would be very important to us because they play more. And I think if you look at uh, studies of economics, that would weigh me out in terms of that. I think the particular stayed back, the negotiations, the continual, the threats, leaving, not leaving, and so on, I think that's just sort of the politic these days with sports teams. But I think we need to be looking at many more alternatives for dedicating so much space and how much benefit do we get from those transactions. Thank you. Thank you. And this is going to be our last question for the evening, and then we'll move to closing statements. This question is beginning with um, Ms. Gonzalez. Would you agree to have an office in East Oakland for your constituents who don't want to or can't go to City Hall to see you and your staff? I would absolutely like to have a roving office. I would like to be able to go to different parts of the district, not just have an office, but have office hours in different parts of District 5. We are, uh, we, we have a great deal of diversity in the district, but we all have one common agenda, that we all want a terrific quality of life for ourselves and for our families. And I would want to do all I could to be in communication with different parts of our community, and for us to see that we have a lot more in common than not. Thank you. Yes. Mr. Gallo. I'm available to you Monday through Sunday. 
You want to see me on Saturday and Sunday, you can come right in my truck and help deal with all the stuff that's really on the street. That's not going to lie to you, but that's, we're actually experiencing it. Mr. Raver can tell you, he joins our cleanup efforts, not just on the park boulevard side, but throughout the city. So we have volunteer trucks. We have individuals that on a daily basis are contributing to the betterment of the city for all of us to enjoy. So I'm always available to you Monday. You want to join on our peace walk to deal with human trafficking and prostitution? Come join us on a Friday where you have with us, joining with us at Victory Outreach, their ex-prostitutes and ex-cons that will approach the pimp and not see people smirking. But these are young ladies that are being violated on the street. We take out the street, we give them a home, we provide services to them. Some, we even fly out of town to get them back home. So if you ever want to catch up with me, come join me on my volunteer efforts. And you, I'll be more than happy to, you can see the day-to-day -day experience that some of our families are living through and they're demanding a better Oakland throughout the district. Thank you and I welcome you and I invite you to join me. Thank you very Thank much. You. And for a closing statement, we'll begin with you, Ms. Gonzalez. Each candidate has a minute and a half. This morning I received endorsement from the East Bay Times. Combine the newspaper endorsement to that of Mayor Libby Schaaf, former Mayor Elihu M. Harris, former Council President Ignacio de la Fuente, <clears throat> who had previously supported the incumbent, Arabella Martinez, the creative mind behind the transit-oriented development at the Fruitvale BART Station, and now Port Commissioner, Oakland Police Office Association, neighbors here that live nearby, active with both GNA and Glenview Coalition, Marie Munson, Michelle Ellison, Carol Hurd, Elton Jelks, and many others. Business owners, large and small, in Glenview, Savemore, Oakside Hillside, Fruitvale, Otayis, and other businesses. A broad consensus of support is farming. We need change. Existing leadership is not responsive to the needs in our community. If we are going to solve problems, then we need leadership that builds bridges and broad coalitions to secure that change. If you think that everything is fine, then vote for the incumbent. If you want new direction, then we need new leadership, and I am your candidate. I believe that I have the qualifications, um, whether you like Harvard or not, they did give me an MBA. Um, I do have an undergraduate in business, extensive experience in business and in managing executives on boards and governance. I believe that I have the temperament to provide leadership, and if given the opportunity, I would welcome it. Thank you. Thank you very much. On behalf of the League of Women Voters of Oakland, I want to thank our two candidates for participating tonight. <laughs> <laughs> One and a half minutes for Mr. Guyton. Uh, look, you know, I, I think that, and I recognize this, and I have worked with you. You know, I just don't want to come and talk to you when it's time to come in for election time. I'm available to you at all times. I mean, you know, I don't like to sit and wear my suit and tie at City Hall and stay there all day long because I represent people that live in the district. So I'm highly visible to your Glenview, your Edna Brewers, and your, your school people can tell you. I, we're rebuilding Park Boulevard when it comes to safety. We were looking at Beaumont, and he's 38. There was a demand by your neighbors, and we're taking care of it. We're working on the further down the line side. I see Hugh Morrison, he keeps complaining about the street, and he can tell you. The city of Oakland has already invested millions of dollars to redo Park Boulevard. So I am here seeking your support and I appreciate your support because I've served on the Oakland Board of Education for 20 years. I just didn't show up today at election time asking for your support. 
So what I'm saying, we want to talk about endorsements. I have the Alameda County Democratic Park down the line, all the unions that work for the city, the residents of Glenview and so forth, and I'm honored to have their continued support because what I've done shows their, their support shows a representation and respect for the work that we're doing and we're going to continue to do. So I'm available to you. I, I love what you do, but I invite you to come out and make a difference. It's not about picking up trash. It's about creating and building community and building ownership. Oakland will not ever change unless our neighbors agree that they got to clean the front of their sidewalks. And don't wait for the street sweeper to come by. Or don't wait for someone when you see illegal dumping or negative behavior. you got to report it. So I thank you. I'm honored to be here. And uh, District 5 continues to make progress. Thank you very much. Thank you. On behalf of the League of Women Voters of Oakland, I want to thank our two candidates tonight for their participation and to the audience for submitting your thoughtful questions. We really appreciate it. We covered a number of topics. I also want to say that for more information about upcoming forums, the candidates, and ballot measures, please visit the League's award-winning website. And it's easy to use. It's lwvoakland.org or votersedge.org forward slash CA. There you'll find a lot of information about candidates, ballot measures, and links to other sources of information about the upcoming election. Members of the League of Women Voters do the hands-on work to safeguard democracy. While we never endorse a candidate, we are directly involved in shaping important issues to keep our community strong. If you'd like to be involved with the men and women who help make democracy work, it's easy to join the League. We encourage you to visit our website at lwvoakland.org, visit us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, look for the League's Easy Voter Guide, which is going to be inserted in, in the October issue of the East Bay Express. We have membership forums here tonight, and folks would be happy to sign you up uh, as a member. Remember that the deadline to register to vote in the November 8th election is October 24th. If you've moved, changed your name, or wish to change your political affiliation since you last registered, you do need to re-register. Online voter registration is easy, and it's available at the Secretary of State's website, sos.ca.gov. And we have voter registration forms here as, um, available as well. If you'd like to register, we'll be happy to help you tonight. Please remember to vote by mail or go to the polls on Tuesday, November 8th. Encourage your family, your friends, and your neighbors. Thank you again, and good night. <laughs>